Every time we say the word fart, because we're going to be saying that word quite a bit. Oh, yeah. We're going to be saying a lot of farts. Yeah. Ugh. A lot of boners. A lot of boners. A lot of farts. A lot of farts. Lots of boners. It's like a gay relationship. It is. But this Honestly, is three people movies. It is. But mm. what have we done? Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Let's start the episode. Boom. 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 I got, I got, I got, I got. I got. <laughs> now came talk. Talk, talk. Welcome to Straight People Movies. It's us. We're back. We're back with another episode, and we're here, and we're queer, and we're talking about movies again. Yeah, and whatever the fuck else we want to, because exactly, you know, why not? It's our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not yours. Wait, not yours. Is this a, is this a new intro? Did we just come up with a new no, intro? No, that's our that's podcast literally... and not yours. Isn't that like? Isn't that's that what they um... say? On, uh, yeah, okay, that's yeah. We're stealing <laughs> it. Um, hi everyone. Uh, welcome back. Um, this is Straight People Movies. Like I mentioned, it is the podcast where two gays we get together every week. We talk about a movie that people, well, not people, straight people love. <laughs> <laughs> They're not people. They're not people. <laughs> They're not fucking people. And uh, we just asked the question, why? Why, 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 do the best out of all the movies we do. Weird, weird. My name is Dylan Garcia, and I'm Kirk Van Sickle. <laughs> I think we just really want to talk about this movie. We just want to talk about this movie. We really it was like, I'm so like horned for it. Well, okay, so yeah, we, we talked. The last like set twelve movies we've done have been um, six hours long apiece. I know. I was so happy that this was so 97 happy. minutes, girl. And honestly, still, I don't know what I think about this movie. Oh my gosh. Second time watching it. Wow. So wait, so let's, let's, let's rewind. Let's, let's go rewind. back in time. Let's go to 2016. 2016. We were a sprightly 22. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, we, we were 17. My parents <laughs> dropped us off at the theater. <laughs> uh, and, um, <laughs> and I, I didn't see this movie in theaters. Um, I did. I, I watched it on demand yeah. um, at my mom's house when nice. I was visiting with some friends. Uh, I saw it in theaters whenever I lived with a friend of the pod, Harrison, and another friend of mine. Ours complicated, um, and we saw it at the Violet Crown together. And what did you think of it? I hated it. You hated this movie. Hated it. And I like, it, I I talk about it frequently. Of like, oh, I like hate this movie. Like I was like, I like violently dislike this movie. Wow. I was angry the whole time. And watching it a second time, I was like. I don't know if I hate it, but I don't know if I like it either. Okay, well, that's that's a step in a direction. It's yeah, a step in a different direction than... Yeah, look, we're taking a different path, I mean, baby. I think it's pretty rare to watch a movie that you vehemently hated and then go into, like, okay, two-and-a-half-star territory from there. Yeah. So, what did you feel about it? So th- I feel like this is the first time this has happened to us, Dylan. Because yeah. I feel like typically we have this dynamic of, like, we either really agree... Or you like it more than me, 
Mm-hmm. I love this movie, and I think it's amazing. Gooped. Absolutely I am, gooped. And Gagged. I really liked it the first time I watched it, but I feel like I still found it confusing. Like, I was like, I just don't really mm-hmm. know what this movie is, like, trying to say. But, like, I'm, I, like, liked the cinematography, the art direction. Mm-hmm. I love crude humor, so when it's used in, like, a Terrence Malick lens, I'm, like, here for it. <laughs> um, but... I feel like this time around, I was like, nah, this movie is a masterpiece. I love it. <laughs> like, almost five stars. Like, dead. I'm dead. I'm, like, dead serious Bananas. right now. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm so sorry, um, Dylan, if this is bad for your mental health. But... <laughs> Kirk knows I'm having a bad mental health day today already. He and... was not prepared for this. He thought I was going to be like, yeah, this would be stupid. I hate it. <laughs> this would be fucking gay as hell. Um, derogatory. Um... Let's intro the movie and then let's we'll we'll, we'll dive, dive we'll dive we'll, we'll dive, dive into right river. into that fart. Yeah, we will. Mm. Um, so, Swiss. in honor of the upcoming Daniel's film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, we watched Swiss Army Man, starring Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and some other people. Um, and basically, the plot of the movie is Paul Dano is sad and lost at sea, and he finds a farting dead body with a boner. And he uses it to do stuff. I don't know. I'm really tired, y'all. I'm just like, I haven't had a good day. <laughs> I've had a bad day. It's so That's funny because I it. feel like if I had a bad day, this movie would be like a pick-me-up for me. Oh, yeah. No. Well, that's the thing. It's like I thought I was like going to like fully be angrier, like like just get madder and madder and madder. And I was watching it. And I was like, this movie is like way more interesting than I remember it being. But also, I was like, I don't know if it's doing it on purpose. Like, I don't know how much this movie is on purpose. And I don't know how much of it is like they accidentally stumbled onto something that's like good. See, I I feel like a little bit of time removed from the film has made it improve because yes, I, I feel like the movie is like a full on satire of like twee indie shit, and then mm. the ending. See, the ending sells the movie for me. I don't think I understood the ending the first time I watched it, and now I'm like, oh, the ending is literally like he's being forced to expose himself for who he is to every single fucking person mm-hmm. that he knows and the world. And the only way that he can show people that this farting corpse that helped him through his journey is real is by having to admit what a fucking pervert and freak he is. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Daniels. Yes. That yeah. is the kind of justice we need in this world. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think it's a great movie. I think that it balances and maybe people would disagree and that's fine. Um, it balances like it's crudeness with this weird, like, la- life-affirming, like, positive mm-hmm. transcendentalism yeah. that I think is really interesting because it's, like, as much as it's meant to be humorous, like, a line, like, all I want is for all of us to laugh and cry and fart together. And he's, like, actually, that sounds really beautiful. I was, like, yeah, that does actually sound yeah. really beautiful. Like, wrong. And I feel like the Daniels know that. I think it's just tough because when you've seen their music videos and you're familiar with their work... It can be like, is this movie just taking the piss out of the audience and out of everything? Or is they being serious? But I think they're being serious. I think that they, like, wanted this to be a, like, an art film with farts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I think there's some really interesting stuff in the middle. Like, uh, for me, like, not to be, like, the most annoying person talking about film in the entire world, but it's like... There, I felt like there was really textual queer stuff in the movie that was like, oh, this right. would be very interesting if it explored it more. Of like, oh, this actually is a story of like a closeted like trans woman, which is what I like. Because like that middle segment of the movie where um, Daniel Radcliffe is like kind of understanding what life is and falls in love with the woman, and but it's played by Paul Dano, like dresses the woman. And it's like that's the only the first time you see Paul Dano like happy, right? Like, oh, he's like exploring 
his gender. He's exploring his yeah, sexuality you know. with like this like created thing he made and it's like and then it just kind of abandons that and I was like oh, okay well I, I thought it was like there and like that's what the movie was gonna be and Un- then it just unfortunately wasn't. if I could clock this movie for anything if there is any queer or trans subtext in the movie I think it's an accident it's purely accidental I think yeah. that the reason why he feels happy when he's dressed up as a woman is because Daniel Radcliffe's character loves him. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing is how he doesn't feel loved and he feels useless and he's garbage. Exactly. And so, in that scene where they kiss, it's not the most non sexual male kiss ever it's in a movie. Exact. It is, oh, I in love a good myself. Way. Yeah. In a good way. And that's, I, be, I think that's what makes me love the movie is like, sure, there's opportunities for the film to go in a queer direction and that's. That would be cool because obviously, like, I love seeing myself represented on the screen. I know, mainly. But at the same time, to watch a movie about male friendship and men being emotional and vulnerable with each other and that being kind of the crux of the whole movie. And there are these moments in the movie where they do kiss and they do touch each other and they do yeah, they snuggle. inspect each other's boners. Like, the fact that it <laughs> felt non-sexual and it felt like it was coming more of a place of, like, pure, like, friendship love. I think mm-hmm. it's like a cool thing to see in a movie. Um, yeah. And we don't see that a lot. We've talked about this with other episodes when male friendship is kind of at the center mm-hmm. of the movie. I think like 21 Jump Street, we talked about it. And we talked about it with Pineapple Express too. Um, yeah. But I feel like this is one of the ones where it takes, it's basically Pineapple Express meets the tree of life, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And yeah. it's cool that they, I don't know. I, I think that, for me, I connected with the movie more on the like, wow, like this is a movie about someone that's like debilitated by their self-hatred and their like mm-hmm. inability to be vulnerable. And the movie, the character, the farting corpse like teaches him. It's yeah. just like, it's so funny to talk about this movie critically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I have like, to say oh, yeah. farting. And that's maybe where the joke is for them is that when you talk critically about this movie, you have to say the farting corpse. Um well, and it's a thing where it's like, you know, I mean, we'll, we open up better mental health and stuff like that. But it's like whenever I'm at my like darkest, lowest, saddest coolest funnest time in texas i um find happiness in weird ass places right where it's like whenever like whenever i was like whenever i first got my bipolar diagnosis all i did was lay on the couch and listen to peter gabriel so and that was the only thing that made me happy for a month was like (laughs) this 40 year old album and it's just it's a maybe it's not great equating yourself to like a sex pervert who, which Paul Dano is, but it's like, that is kind of like the central theme is like, you'll find happiness in weird ass places. You'll find yourself. Like the universe, like, I mean, as silly as it is, I guess when you think about the narrative, it's like the universe like provided him with companionship in a really unlikely place. Mm -hmm. And I think that it would have been too easy to go down the queer route with it. And I think it Mm -hmm. actually was tougher for the movie to like have these homoerotic and quotations moments, yeah. but then they're actually not, you don't read them as homoerotic. You're yeah. just like, Oh, this is like his boner literally is a compass. Like it's useful. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's cool about the movie. Cause all these things that he's afraid of like farting mm-hmm. and having a boner and being horny are actually things that help him get out of the woods. I think that yes. that for me is like where the narrative is lying. It's like, all these things that you're holding back about yourself that you're embarrassed of that actually make you human, like Daniel Radcliffe's character tells mm-hmm. him a billion times, is actually but, what's saving you. But it's also the duality of that. It's also the thing that puts you into the trap. Not the trap, but like exposes you. Well, it's right. Like all and, these, and, yeah. and, and that's why the movie wouldn't have worked if the ending 
wasn't in the movie. Like it, mm-hmm. it needed this moment where he embarrasses himself in front of his dad, in front of the girl that he yeah. has a huge crush on. Like everyone is like, Ugh, what the fuck? Yeah. Gross. You're weird. And that's the only way he could set himself free. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that. I thought that was like interesting. And I think it's a cool kind of, I think you could read it as like a cool kind of like deconstruction of like an incel. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's what it is. Like that. I think the last act of the movie is like kind of like scary. Mm-hmm. Like it is like frightening whenever you like kind of like see like at the movie kind of unfold itself. And it's like, Oh, Oh fuck. This is what's happening. Like, as soon as they land in the backyard and you like you see Mary Elizabeth. Oh yeah, you're like, oh no, it's like, oh like this is like this like you're like oh this man is like violent <laughs> like it's not violent but it's like I have a feeling that like I don't know it's gonna be unpredictable because it's like how did he end up here like how did he know right. where she lived and I think there is a lot of like subtext movies it's like oh yeah like he knew exactly where she lived to the point where like he could find it while lost in the woods exactly and I think that the movie is disarming because you feel sorry for this character the whole movie or you connect to him in some way because like obviously if the protagonist of the movie is like I'm lost and sad and hopeless you're like Mm -hmm. I can vibe with that yeah but then by the end you realize that like he's put himself in this position where he's like in love with someone that doesn't love him back and he's lying to a farting corpse about it who literally (laughs) like wouldn't judge him he literally doesn't know anything about the world yeah He's like a baby in that He's way. He's created. Well, all of his relationships are created. He created this corpse. He created the, the emails that his dad sends him because his dad doesn't talk to him. And he created this fantasy with yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, like, the whole world is his construction, and he's still not happy. Right. Exactly. And I think that yeah. the movie – I don't think they're trying to make you feel – Sorry for him that he's like a creepy stalker. I think that mm-hmm. it's meant to be exposing. Like as the audience, yeah. we're supposed to be like, oh my god, like like the other characters. We're like, oh my god, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? But yeah. at the end, I think he finds a sense of peace because it's all out in the open now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I liked that, and it, and it, and it plays into this whole like this idea of like as a human being, if you weren't so embarrassed of. I mean, to bring it down to the basis of the movie, if you weren't so afraid of your own farts and so afraid of your sexuality and so afraid Mm -hmm. of actually connecting with others maybe you wouldn't have ever ended up in this position in the first place um and i think it's a fun interesting idea does it all Mm -hmm. coalesce perfectly i don't know no i feel like a lot of stuff is like thrown at the wall and like kind of see what sticks Mm -hmm. but yeah there's um, a lot of ideas going on in this movie exactly (coughs) oh i hit my jewel way too hard just then you're good oh yeah um but it sounds like their new film takes a lot of the things that go, are going on in Swiss Army Man comes I mean just from the trailer it's about a woman who's like I'm just like a like a I'm just a nobody you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I'm not p- capable of anything amazing or powerful or beautiful or I'm not important mm-hmm. and but I feel like they go down a route hopefully I haven't seen the film where the silliness is a little bit more like being John Malkovich silly yeah than like pfft, silly exactly and I think that that is going to be a good lane for them to go in because as much as I respect Swiss Army Man and I loved it, it isn't a movie for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when they made it, they expected that not everyone was going to love it. Yeah. And I'm glad they're making something that I think everyone's like loving. And I'm very excited to see it. I didn't get in because South by didn't approve my press credentials. Um, but just, I was just. thinking recently, like we're kind of out of this period where it's like, I feel like when the movie came out in 2016, we were in this like fuck men, I drink male tears, like kill all men sort of thing. And I, I, I'm kind of glad that we're kind of out of that and that we've had like movies like Power of the Dog 
that kind of like you can examine and have movies be about men and like not be like not dismiss them immediately. Well, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that there's so much to be said about actually like really inspecting these mm-hmm. kinds of men. It's like we had movies like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, basically mm-hmm. anything that like Robert De Niro in the 70s and 80s um, as the kind of like, let's look into the psyche of like the angry male, the mm-hmm. buff male, the violent male. And I feel like we understand that to a certain degree artistically, but it's like now I feel like we're finally getting movies that really um, look into the the dorks and the weirdos mm-hmm. and the incels. Um, and it's like, before we felt sorry for them in the 2000s, every movie that started dork was like, dorks are great. Mm-hmm. And the Swiss Army man's like, nah, dude, like nah. this <laughs> is a sad person and he's a fucking, and he's kind of a piece of shit. I think yeah. you get to see that with his friendship with Manny. Like you, he like you, I mean, not only does he use Manny cause he's literally a Swiss army man, but, yeah. <laughs> but like he uses Manny to kind of in like to instill this like lie of yeah. the world onto him. Um, and, yeah. like, I think it's cool because Paul Dano also did Ruby Sparks, which is a movie that I super love. I've and never like seen another, that. I've it's never seen so that, but good. I, isn't it, like, a deconstruction of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Yes. Yeah, he plays the, like, author that creates her. And it's, like, yeah, it's a, it's about, like, how how you don't know you love someone. Like, you can't create a perfect person because if you create them, it's still just a version of yourself. That's not what love is. That's not what love is. And that's the and that again goes back to the whole why I don't think it's a trans queer narrative because mm-hmm. I think that Manny and just like at the end when there he's pretending to be Manny so that he can get mm-hmm. away with all of that shit yeah. and he in like the dead corpse is Hank, like Manny is him. Like it's like it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those kinds of movies. Like it's like a oh yeah he represents all the parts of himself that he's repressed. Yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent waiting for it to. I mean, I knew how it ended. But I was like, "What if it, is it going to do?" Like a spoiler for Saint Maud, but is it going to do a Saint Maud ending? But have you seen Saint Maud? Oh yeah, I loved Saint Maud. Okay, did you not like Saint Maud? I mean, I had that letterbox list that is this movie good or is it just have a good final ten minutes? I mean, yeah, that's that's tea. But I feel like <laughs> an ending can make or break a movie for me. I mean, I think about that movie. Think about it ending specifically all the time. Yeah. Like that final like five seconds of the movie is so fucking bleak. It's so I think good. for me, St. Maud was like a, a mid movie until the sequence where she becomes a slut for one night and you get to yep. see a, uh, who she was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that changed everything for me in the way I felt about the movie. And that's yes. why I ended up really liking it quite a bit. Um, yes. And then of course the ending is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's great. But yeah, I, um, yeah, well, like we, we've discussed the movie quite a bit. Like this. Yeah, about Daniels. The, some of the most, Discussion we've done for a movie, but um, yeah, let's, let's like talk about critical too. Look yeah. at us, Ooh, look at us, bitch. Let's Ehrlich. go to call. We gotta go back to college. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Daniels. Um, I feel like they are, especially with this new film, becoming kind of like, yeah, like the new like Spike Jones or something. Like they're yeah. they're making like the weirdo art comedy movies. I yeah, feel like I we feel haven't like had the, those in a while. The estimation of Swiss Army Man has definitely grown since it came out because I knew that there was, I think, uh, I'm sure it was like Richard Lawson, who's the Vanity Fair phone critic, and he was like, this may, Swiss Army Man made me like think that movies are bad, like inherently bad. And I think now that like this movie has definitely like stayed in a cultural conversation and people seem to love, like I've totally come around on it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's a testament because like they made, they just make cool shit. 
Like I didn't see the death of Dick Long. That's just that's one Daniel. That's his movie. It's not both Daniels. Guy. Not both. It's just Daniel. Uh, it's about a guy who fucks a horse. Um, but he did a bunch of NTSF SDSUV, which is a show that I really liked. Or both of them did that, and then they did a bunch of really good music videos, like the Houdini by Foster the People, and my favorite, My Machines by Battles. But I've actually probably... not seen any of these music videos except for like their very famous Grammy Award-winning music video, which is the Turn Down for White video, which is a great uh, video, Little John, fantastic video, and it's the same kind of like uh, crude humor because there's just somebody like humping through walls. And but I think floors the, and shit. the thing I remembered thinking when I saw the Turn Down for What video back at when we were just a sprightly twenty-two, mm-hmm. and actually twenty-two at this time, everyone, in case you're confused, yeah, um, yeah. is that even though it's a very silly video with like big titties and people falling down apartment buildings mm-hmm. there was a sense of joy and actual like th- like it was the most fun music video i've ever mm-hmm. seen for a song like that like it felt like it captured the spirit of a song like turn out for what yes like it captured how jubilant and like fun and ecstatic and up here yeah that kind of like fun thumping music is and mm-hmm. i feel like that comes across in swiss army man like it's like when there's moments of joy in the movie they feel very real to me. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. like, I know I was singing it earlier and maybe you didn't care for the scene, but I love the popcorn scene. Oh, I hate the music in this movie. I will not. Oh, you hate the, the music? music. I hate the music in this movie. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's twee. So it's twee as fuck. And but... like, I get its purpose of like, this is what, this is the music that a person who is trapped or like lost in the woods and at sea for days and days and days and weeks and weeks would make up in their head. I get it. I just like, hate like, Oh, I love pedal it. loop shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. The popcorn song is great because popcorn is is my favorite. It's my snack of choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So any song that's like uh, for popcorn, I'm here for. Yeah. But well, speaking of popcorn, we do have our Oscar menu for this weekend, and this is Ooh. the first year we're not doing the last minute of a Lopo Pepper popcorn. Um, we changed it to Dune popcorn, oh. but it will still feature a Lepo Pepper. I mean, it has to because it's yeah. so delicious. Yeah. For for context, oh. every, we used to have our Oscars for the movie club every year. And like five years ago, there was a documentary called "The Last Men of Aleppo." Stop saying five years ago. That I can't believe. I can't believe. I know. That. Uh, and so we made a popcorn called "The Last Men of Aleppo Pepper Popcorn." That was just popcorn to Aleppo Pepper. That's insane. Yes. Uh, wow. But yes, you it's should so watch good. the video for "My Machines" by Battles. Yeah, yeah. That, I, it's incredible. They did, they did one for the Shins too. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. Well, all their videos are like all their stuff is like really like it's high concept, but like elevator pitch, like. This is the movie about the farting dead corpse. Uh, the video of her, My Machines, is about a guy who won't stop falling down an escalator. Turned down for what? Guy who's humping through walls. And it's like they are able to like expand upon a very simple idea in like a really fascinating way. And it's different every time. Like My Machines looks very different from Turned Down for What. It looks very different from Houdini. That's so cool. Yeah. That, I, I think I'm going to... Especially after really loving Swiss Army Man the second time around, I feel like I want to delve into their music video work more. Yeah, um, it's, it's all cool, man. Yeah, they're they're exciting. I think for me, the most exciting thing about them. So, in my opinion, even if you don't like the content of this movie, like and I'm not saying you, I'm saying the I'm the the collective mm-hmm. you. I feel like the one thing that everyone could agree on with this movie is that it's well shot. Mm-hmm. It is got some really cool art direction. It does that whole like Michelle Gondry like DIY thing, but in a way that I think is really fresh and cool and different. Yes. And it's um I don't know, just like very fun and light 
and silly, but also mm-hmm. very, yeah. I already. There's a lot of there. There. There's a lot of there, and yeah. I respect the fuck out of it. And yeah. it, yeah, they have a style. Yes, they have a style, but I feel like, like you said, with their music videos, I could see them really warping that style into whatever mm-hmm. makes sense for the material. Um, yeah, and that's really cool because I feel like with Michelle Gondry, Eternal Sunshine is like a perfect movie because mm-hmm. of the combination of the script and the direction. But like mm-hmm. everything he did, I was like, oh, 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 God. it's been bad. It's been not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's cool this movie premiered at Sundance. <laughs> this is not a Sundance And it won movie. the directing award. Yeah, it's what? crazy. People walked out of this movie, which is crazy. I mean, I mean understandable. I could see it. Could you imagine also... being like a real housewife, just being like, let's go see, let's go to Sundance. Let's walk in. Let's sit. This is the big movie this year. Let's sit yeah. down. And it's just two minutes into it, it's uh, Paul Dano hanging himself until Paul Dano farts him back to life. Yeah, it's so funny to me that, like, maybe the content that would turn people off about this movie is that there's a lot of farts in it. Because it's, like, like the movie kind of, like, makes the case for it. It's, like, farting is, like, a part of life. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I don't know. But I I'm mean, also the kind also of person like that lo- doesn't think that, like, I like lowbrow stuff. Especially yeah. when it's, like, mixed with high art. So. That's also, like, how, like, men talk to each other. It's, like, they talk to each other about poops and farts and piss and girls. I loved it when he was describing poop to him. It was so good. It was in a Bible that was very clearly written in poop. Yeah, love it. Great. Fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Um, This movie did get nominated for a couple of awards. It was nominated at the Indie Spirit Awards. What did it get nominated uh, for? For Best Editing, where it lost to the editor for Moonlight, which is great. And then uh, the Best First first Feature, which um, it it lost to someone that we'll be talking about very soon, Robert Eggers, The Witch. Yeah, you know, ooh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's a really cool, that's really cool that they were up against each other. Because, like, I mean, we're talking about two newer directors that I think Mm -hmm. have really cool, very specific senses of style. Yes. And it's cool that The Witch won. I think Swiss Army Man's a better movie than The Witch. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to. Because um, I actually think The Witch is, like, not a well-written movie. Like, not that the dialogue isn't cool. I think yeah. that was super cool. What I mean is the actual story is bad. and uh, But the acting's great, and it looks yeah. beautiful. And But also, it's like, I love that he, like, builds the sets the way they did it in the 1500s or wherever the fuck it's set. But it's also yeah. like, is that necessary? Yeah. It's not. <laughs> you it's know like what that, I mean? It's like that guy in Seven who had to write all the journals for, like, and I was like, they're just opening up one journal. Why did you make this poor intern write 7,000 you know, fucking composition books full of scribe. Yeah. I just, I just end? don't, as an anti-capitalist, I just, <laughs> when I think of anybody that's making people do extra work when they don't have to, mm-hmm. because of like some weird, like fantasy that you have that like, it's just more vibey this way. Yeah. Like I'm kind of like, mm, yeah. no, um, my actual hot, hot, hot take is that neither one of them should have won. And in fact, the fits should have won, which is an incredible film. What's the fits? It's about that girl. She's in like a, she's like a teenager and she's like in this dance troupe, but then she starts like having like this, like people start just like shaking really bad. And then it's just about her uh, starting to have seizures and it's people, more people start having seizures and it kind of spreads and it's this weird, I don't know. It's hard to explain. And it's also it like, it sounds like suicide long. club, but it's a little suicide club, but it's, yeah, it's about people shaking. 
shaking and shaking the and shaking. Fits. I'm gonna add this to my watch list. Bitch. It's a cool fucking movie. Okay. It's this woman named uh, Anna Rose Helmer. Homer. Uh, she hasn't done anything else. She did like a James Blake video, but this is like her only thing. And oh, I remember this poster. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real weird movie, and it's fucking cool if you haven't watched it. Also, the other nominees that year were other people, which I haven't seen, but um, Chris Kelly, we love Chris Kelly from the other two, and then Childhood of a Leader, Brady Corbett's movie, which he followed that up with my favorite and yours. Vox Lux. Okay, you know that I fucking hate Vox Lux, right? Like, <laughs> and you, I'm so lucky to be with you, keeping me from my shadow. Vox Lux is like oh. maybe one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, <laughs> it's it's so boring. It's so <laughs> deranged it's so and it's boring. and it's boringness and like the whole like point of the movie I think is that pop music is like stupid and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> You're Never. wrong. And You're... also, um, but the be- but I will say that I'm glad it exists because the part where Natalie Portman goes, why can't everybody just treat me like I'm a person? It's like the funniest <laughs> line delivery that she's ever done. And she was truly brilliant for that. And she was Jackie Kennedy. So you know yeah. there was some weird shit. Yeah. Love um, her. Well, speaking of Jackie Kennedy, she was nominated at the Indie Spirits against, or against some Ruth Nega, Sasha Lane, and that Benning, but lost to my girl. Isabella Pear for L. It is so crazy that the Academy had an opportunity to give Isabella Pear an Oscar and they gave it to Emma Stone instead. (laughs) The thing is, how embarrassing. This is what you should have done given it to Isabella Pear for L. Then you should have correctly put the categories for the favorite as Emma Stone lead, Emma Coleman supporting, Emma Coleman and Rachel Vice supporting, giving it to Emma Stone. Then I don't. Favorite. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I think and that because yeah. that that was was that no that was kind of a boring year for lead actors. That was like Lady Gaga and like that was uh, Glenn Close is supposed to win for yeah, the, but, the most yeah, boring but, but, fucking but not, movie in the entire. But world. also not should not win. Yeah, no. I mean Olivia Coleman winning for a leading performance for that is always like not sat right with me but i just love her and it's a great she's performance so it is one of the best performances of that year it's also so cool that she has an oscar like it's so cool and she could get so another cool. one i know that's crazy it's so crazy oh jessica um, chastain's gonna win you know i was are thinking, you excited for coda winning best picture I, it's totally gonna win it's gonna win i'm, so I'm nervous <laughs> but it's so funny because someone was like i don't want coda to win best picture because i feel like it's gonna like ruin the movie uh-huh. and then i was like reading comments and everyone was like oh my god i totally agree it shouldn't win it's gonna make film twitter's gonna come after it and then somebody was like nobody cares what film twitter thinks <laughs> and i was like <laughs> oh wow it's just like it's good sometimes to take a step back mm-hmm. and like see the big picture and go oh yeah if coda wins best picture that's good for deaf people that's good for female directors that's good mm-hmm. for so many different things yes. that we will see the effect of probably in hollywood and just because yes. film twitter will all collectively decide they hate this movie because it won isn't going to make a difference it's like so few people use twitter and then so few people of those so few people are on film twitter yeah and so I, it's like, just so funny because it took a step back and i was like yeah, because it's like there's movies that I think have lost their like charm over the years. Like people will say like the King's Speech, you know, like no one cares about that movie anymore. But then if you go on Letterboxd, it has like a 3.9 or something and people like yeah. love that movie. So it's kind of yeah. like, well, I think people liked the King's Speech like they did. I mean, <laughs> you know, so people just who cares what we podcasts. think? Yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> funny because it's at the end of the day, like. Yeah, it's just funny. There's so many layers to being a film lover. So many. It's like, yeah, it's just nuts to think about. Because you could say to a normal person, like, isn't it crazy that King's Speech won Best Picture? And they'd be like, 
no, like that was a good movie, you know? Yeah. Look, and the Oscars, they don't get it right sometimes. Look, Green Book, of course, Get Out should have won that year. Shape of Water, I don't even know. Dunkirk, who cares? But it's also just like, it's a snapshot of the year. And it's part of the it fun. I part think that people fun. take it too seriously. I will say that, like, I think I, I don't know if you cut it out, but I did make a comment that the 1999 Academy Awards Best Supporting Actress roster should have just been all of the um, all the actresses in American Beauty. Um <laughs> I did forget what a monumental year 1999 is for Best Supporting Actress. And I just want to, like, discuss it for a second. Let's go. What do you got? On. So, first off, you got the nominees. All great. Okay. Like, yeah. but incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. So, you got, you've got the winner, right? Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. And then you Crazy got she has a supporting Oscar. That's Chloe Sevigny and Boys Don't Cry. Perfection. Perfection. Um, you've got Catherine Keener and being mm-hmm. John Malkovich. Incredible. I mean, incredible. And then I think Samantha Morton, mm-hmm. right? And who am I missing? You're missing Tony. Tony Collette. See, Tony Collette. Bitch, I didn't even think about Tony Collette in the sixth yeah. sense, bitch. So here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with this lineup. There are so many great performances that were not nominated that are, in my mind, legendary. Yeah. Brittany Murphy in Girl Interrupted mm-hmm. should have been nominated over Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Like, period. They're both great, but Brittany Murphy is amazing in that movie. Second, yeah. Thora Birch and Minu Sovari for American Beauty, who mm-hmm. I arguably think give the best performances in the movie. Like, on rewatch, it's like, oh, like, these are, like, 16-year-olds. They're amazing in this movie. Like, what the fuck? They have no right to be this good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got that. Cameron Diaz in being John Malkovich. I would swap her out first. Bitch, I love Catherine. And but I don't Cameron know if she would, so... and she didn't deserve her nom- nomination for Capote. So yep. I don't really know where she would get nominated again. So it like breaks my heart to take her out of the category because I love her. But Snack Cameron Diaz <laughs> not just sweeping like as like she's, I just feel like the world wasn't ready for her to be good in something. No. And it's unfair. It and her, she put her whole pussy, her whole mm-hmm. pussy into being John Malkovich <laughs> and her whole pussy into Vanilla Sky. And no one mm-hmm. gave a shit. Everyone's now just she's like, she's batting games in New York. It's like she is batting gangs in New York, but she had two yeah. other good performances around those times. Come mm-hmm. on. It's like literally, and then Tony Collette, of course. It's just like who, I don't even know what my top five would be. Because there's just Neither. so many good. Well, and you also have both Gwyneth and Kate and Ripley. Bitch, I like don't even, like bitch. Where Magnolia, the, Magnolia. Magnolia. Julian Moore for Magnolia. Literally. Miss Thang, what's her face? Melora Walters, mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. Bitch. The frogs. The, the frogs. All those frogs were girls. Girl, it, it's it, it, it's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. 1999 was like, I feel like the best years for film in our lifetime have been 1999 and 2007. Yes. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. It's craziness. I'm and um, I don't. I truly don't know. I think I would still give the win to my my girl Chloe Sevigny and Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, because that performance is like actually better than Hilary Swings. Um, but yeah, such a great year, such a great year, incredible year. Yeah, I just can't believe Angelina Jolie won. It's so weird that, but like, I also like, but what would her Oscar be? Well, I don't think she deserves an Oscar. I don't, I don't, I don't think she's think that so good of an either. actor. She's not. She's not. I just think out of all the ingenues that they could have, like, given an Oscar to that year, like Thor Birch, I mean, Savari, Chloe Sevigny, like, all of these girlies, like, in her age group, it's like, I just don't know why they were like, Angelina Jolie, she's the one. Like, I'm trying to even think, like, Bone Collector? No. I mean, she was good in Changeling, I guess. 
Yeah, she was not ever changing. Yeah. But yeah, I really... It's just really disappointing. But also, they should have... Here's the thing. I could kick Thor Birch out of the Best Supporting Actress lineup because she should have been nominated for Ghost World. Mm-hmm. And maybe one. Because yeah. it's probably one of the most iconic performances ever in a comedy. Yeah. Perfection. Perfection. We are still in the first segment of our podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's move on. Let's move to <laughs> we gotta what? go. We gotta go. Sorry. Uh, why do why people, people love this, love this movie? Why do they love this movie? Um, it's, it's, it's camaraderie. It's men... Um, using each other's boners for compasses, mm-hmm. um, using their farts like a jet ski, using mouths to you know shave to get up to get up a mountain. Um, it's using yeah. your bros as weapons. Mm-hmm. It's being able to take your bros' pants off to show their bare ass so you can go faster when you're jet skiing mm-hmm. them. Also, with that their hairy farts. little butt. Mm. I know. Again, so bizarre. How much weird male on male action i guess is in this movie that feels completely not straight yeah which i guess goes into why another thing that makes this movie straight there is so much shit going on this movie that should be gay and it's not and that is just the power of straight men they can literally do that they can like literally make things they can do gay shit and make it not gay it's beautiful because that's Um, how scared they are of themselves and mm -hmm. their sexualities yep so uh, this is our second movie in a row that featured a very pale gray man doing gross shit. Yep. It was. And uh, it's real gross. There's it's a really lot of gross. gross shit in this movie. It's really, really gross. Oh, but a lot I of think blood stuff at the end. The there's some blood stuff. The there's some, there's some poop. fart. There's poop. There's pee. Blood. No cum. No cum. No cum. Weirdly enough, there's no cum. There's no cum. It feels like this movie should have had cum. I think so. Well, the whole thing, I think. But that would have like, made it gay. Yes, and made him gay. Made it gay. Uh, he. What am I thinking? Um, no, like, do you think that Paul Dano jerks it? No, I think he was telling the truth. Yeah, he's never. He doesn't jerk it. I think he was kind of proud that he doesn't jerk it. Yeah. I think that's why he told him that. I know. He thinks I he's like above. Like... He thinks he's like better than exactly. other men. He I know I said we should like hurry it along, but I'm, let's talk about Paul Dano real quick, just real quick. He's so good in this movie. He's so fucking good. He, I love Paul Dano. I so he's only in bangers. Did you know he was 23 years old when he did There Will Be Blood? In fucking insane. That's probably one of my favorite supporting male performances ever. Incredible. Should have won. I can't believe that people thought the performance was bad when it came out. It's unreal. It's so good. It's I so think good. now people think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got like the Shelley Duvall effect, but yeah, I just and think people didn't get it. He's so good in Little Miss Sunshine. He's so good in Little Miss Sunshine. The so fact that good. he was the one, like, that Alan Arkin was getting all the attention for that, which I get it. He's old and he needed to win an Oscar, and he's, he is funny in it. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, like, Paul Dano, like, is the clear, like, standout performance yeah. in that movie. Yep. And Abigail Breslin. But she got exactly. nominated, so. Um, Meek's Cutoff. You know, we love, you know, we're, we're Kelly Reichardt stands he's in here. That? Yeah, he is. He's in with his, um, his future wife. I remember his future wife being in it. Mm-hmm. And Ruby Sparks incredible in that. Looper. I don't really remember him in Looper, but I don't like Isn't he Looper. good in that in the Beach Boys movie? I haven't seen that, but I heard he's, he's very good, good in Love and Mercy, yes. He hasn't done much. Like he took like also well, he directed Wildlife. That's uh, cool. In two thousand eight, but he took a four year break between movies. He it was Okja and then the Batman. Who oh he was just a voice in the guilty. Yeah, so it took like a five year break between Okja and the Batman. But good for him. He's one of those ones that's going to, like, be nominated for an Oscar, like, well into his 40s or something like Mm -hmm. that for, like, a Best Supporting Actor Oscar. And it's going to be like, it's his time. Yeah. It's his time. Oh, I guess he did Escape at Denimora, that show that literally no one watched. I feel like 
I feel like our generation got it all wrong. Like, I feel like all the actors that get a lot of attention in our age group are the wrong Mm -hmm. ones. And all the Mm -hmm. ones that are actually incredible and amazing don't get any attention at all. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, like, who would you say are, like, the millennial? Like, Jennifer Lawrence, right, comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Emma Stone. I'm thinking, like, even, like, Batman. Andrew Garfield. Like, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Kristen Stewart. Again, Mm -hmm. I love a lot of these actors I'm naming, but I just feel like, I feel like Paul Dano, like, stands tall. Yeah. Over, like, a lot of them. Uh, it's because he doesn't make, like, weird choices. Like, I mean, he, he only... does. He was, in, he was in this. I mean, he was in this, yeah. But it's like, there's no, like, what's that movie where Robert Pattinson's in the space jail or whatever? Oh, High Life. High yeah, Life. Yeah, he, he hasn't done any, like, art house films. Yeah. Like, this he... is probably the most art house film he's done. Yeah, like, even, like, Prisoners and stuff like that is, like... Yeah. He's like a weird. He he plays weirdos in movies, but he never. It's always like he is the weirdo of the movie, but he never makes weird movies. Does that make sense? And it's so funny because he seems like a cinephile. So I think it's interesting oh, yeah. that he's never worked with like Claire Denis or like any of those kinds of like. Or, well, like, his the well, wildlife characters. is in the Criterion Collection. That's really cool. Is it good? Have you seen it? I haven't, but apparently it's incredible. Oh, I, it has... I mean, it's got Carrie and Jake. So mm-hmm. what else do you want? Yeah. Ugh. Carrie Mulligan, there's another actor in our generation that I think, like, yes. I mean, she gets attention, but I feel like she's, like, very good. Yeah, she's incredible. Ugh, so fucking good. Okay. Um, movie about incels? Yes. Incel shit? Uh, but again, it's so cool that this movie kind of exposes them a little bit. Yeah. You know? It might be a little too abstract, though, for an incel to understand that it's kind of clowning them. Yeah, no one looks at the camera at the end and be like, and being a weird incel virgin is bad. Yeah, I think that for incels, you might need to make it that clear. Yeah, yeah. But we also don't want them to kill themselves, I guess. Exactly. Um, I put the music. The music. <laughs> I, I actually want. I actually want to say that I think the music is what anchors the movie for better or for worse, mm-hmm. and it is the straightest aspect of the whole movie. Yes. Like something about like them kissing underwater to save each other's lives, but then it's like bum 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 happens mm. afterwards. It like it just completely makes it so straight that like you mm. can't even enjoy watching Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe kiss. Oh, no, like I, such... I, it didn't make me horny at all, which is just no, disappointing for me. Yeah. I, I do like it's, it. I feel like it's a sort of like, I don't know, lack of a better word, like a sort of like bloodletting between like their music video work and into their film work. Like, okay, we got to like do some sort of like thing that harkens back to our past, which is like working in music videos. So well, we have to do like, Diegetic music. I well, use that correct. It's diegetic, right? Well, let's be real. Like the best sequences in the movie are the montage music video esque mm-hmm. sequences, like the editing and like the way like the visuals yeah. are so amazing. That like bus scene in the middle of the movie oh, so is good. such a magnificent like The middle of the like movie short, is the best yeah. part of the movie for sure. Oh yeah. It's like a short film. It's like it's its own. You can you can definitely remove it from the movie and it would it would be perfect. Yeah, like teaching them about like how life works. It's like really mm-hmm. beautiful, and like the yeah. whole like DIY sets and everything's really really cool. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like Wes Anderson. It doesn't feel like it feels very Michelle Gondry. It's a new thing. Yeah, yeah, I really I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, and then yeah, it was like gay things that happen that don't feel gay. This movie, there's like full ass Daniel Radcliffe's little booty, and I want to stick my tongue in it, um, but it doesn't. 
It, it's, it's so gross. weird. It really, like, I can't put my finger on why it doesn't feel gay at all, but it just doesn't. And it's funny because I read some Letterboxd reviews before we started recording, and some people were like, there's queer subtext, there's trans subtext. And I was like, man, I feel like y'all are all really reaching. Like, I do not. <laughs> I don't feel that vibe from the movie at all. I feel like it's, like, it's so it, up its own asshole, uh, pun intended, <laughs> that it's, like, it, it's, like, it, it, it's, it's straight boy bullshit. It's straight yeah. boys being, like, we're like, wearing wigs. Like, we're farting on like, each other, touching boners. I mean, it feels kind of like uh, I had to harken back to an older episode, but like Cabin of the Woods, where it's like they see all the different monsters and the different things as they're passing, going down the elevator, and it's mm-hmm. like you see it, these sort of things where it's like, oh, this movie could go down this way, but oh no, the elevator is going still. It's not. Gonna, oh, it could go down this trans route. Oh no, it's not going to. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's just fun because, little distractions. Because I feel like, and unfortunately. Because I think we ruined homoeroticism in movies like we did gays Mm -hmm. because I feel like when they did it by accident 30 years ago and then we like called it out, we were like, this is gay. Like Top Gun's gay. Mm -hmm. Like this is gay. I feel like directors are super self-aware now Mm -hmm. of like homoeroticism. So either they do it on purpose and it's like kind of annoying because it's on purpose because it's like you're like trying to feed us and that's like annoying. Like Mm -hmm. we can feed ourselves. Thank you very much. Um, Or they're very like much trying to avoid it. Yeah, and it just if it, then it kind of just goes, and then it's yep. just straight, and it's just like I feel like that's why there's more straight people. There's more straight people movies nowadays than ever before. Mm-hmm. We are in a in a boom. Yeah, of straight people movies because which is most directors are straight white men, mm-hmm. and we need to lessen the gap. Yes, let yeah. us direct a movie. Yeah, yeah. Let let these white gay men direct a movie. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. about coming out. Yeah. About falling in love with a jock and living they, like, in the big city, back, and they, like, and they, do, they do drugs. Mm-hmm. The music's gonna be Crystal Castles and Animal Collective. Yes, yeah. it's gonna be waves. But it's gonna be waves. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> waves! <laughs> it's gonna be waves. If me and you made a movie, it would be waves. But it would be waves. I yeah. know it would be. <laughs> like if me and you collaborated on a movie together, and we were given an unlimited budget, and we could do whatever we wanted, we would just end up making waves. But gay. No, what we would do is we would end up making porn. <laughs> We would That's, make porn. We would just make, we'd make bear porn. Yeah. Uh, that'd be sick. I would love to make a porn with a really high production value. Uh, I, you make Corel too. Ooh. And like, it's so funny that porn never uses slow motion. I know. Have you, have you ever thought about that? I'm like, there's so many little flourishes you could do to like really, really up the ante on this. And slow motion is just like the easiest option. It's so weird. Okay, so like this is we're gonna talk about porn real quick. Yeah. That's so fine. like I used to love <laughs> there used to be this like uh sub studio or like a genre. I don't know what it's called, where it's like uh it's like a studio creates like like in a series. It used to be like a mini series, I guess, a telenovela of porn. It was called Mormon Boys. And oh it my was god. All, it was all Dylan like, Yeah, and it was all like I'm like a 19-year-old whatever about to go on my first mission trip, and it's like, we'll show you where to go. But I think the Mormons got mad at him because now it's all about uh, Freemasons. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> like, they literally were like, we have money, we have power, we will kill you. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, okay, oh, shit, we, we, we stop. So, like, <laughs> it's like the same videos, but they, like, changed the voiceover <laughs> to be about, like, secret societies. That's so fascinating because I don't watch those. I'm not into, mm-hmm. like, religious like anything oh, with religion shit. involved in it. Well, I was raised, I was raised agnostic, so mm. I just like don't have that connection. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah, no, no, no <laughs> don't porn. get it, don't get it. <laughs> I don't watch porn. I don't watch porn. I am porn. I am a virgin. 
Um, mm-hmm. I am porn. I love that. It's of like, I am weed. It's I am yeah. porn. <laughs> like, do you watch porn? I am porn. I am porn. That uh, is that is a flex. That is a fucking flex. That's how hot. I'm going to get really hot because uh, uh, I'm at a place professionally where I am at Como Dice Rock Bottom. So that's my new goal is just to get really hot and then become an OnlyFans star. So give me four oh. years. I have thought about being an OnlyFans guy so many times. And like, I literally like. I think would be what would be really convenient is if people were just like really into my like ugly small hobbit feet and like I could like find the audience that wants to see that oh, content. Yes. And just like really exploit. Wait, what size feet are you? So eight and a half. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're little. Oh, they're petite. Yeah, you could, oh, you could sell But they're that. petite, wide, and hairy. So they're hot, disgusting. Hot hot. Well, I mean, I know some people <laughs> like it. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like, I should <laughs> exploit that. That's how I like my men. <laughs> Hobbits. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like them returning a ring to a volcano. Yeah, I'm very uh, I'm very I'm a tatted hobbit. That's my love it. That's I'm, I'm not a bear, I'm not an otter, I'm not a twink. I'm a tatted hobbit. Hot. I love it. <laughs> Give me two seconds, I'm gonna turn my oven on. Give me one second. You better leave this in the episode. Um, cute. Well, let's let's move on. Now that we've talked let's about now that we're talking about feet, um, is there anything gay about this movie? Um, I'm gonna take out this part, uh, but I think there's just one gay thing, and it was you could tell I wrote this while I was fully having a meltdown this morning. But there's a part where Daniel Radcliffe says, "My body is disgusting. It's horrible," and I was like, "Sis, yeah, <laughs> that's gay. That's, that's gay. gay. That's yeah. very oh, gay. It's a very body. gay thing to say." Yes, and um, I think like I think obsessing, kind of like having. It kind of predated uh, parasocial relationships, or not predated, but because this is also like this is more stalking. But uh, what Paul Dano was doing in the movie, but I mean, kind of like being obsessed with like someone on the internet, a little gay. It is a little gay, but making them your background on your phone for anyone to see that's straight straight behavior. I would never. Gays have folders. No. We have a little folder. We have a, yeah, we keep it a, a secret. Creepy, <laughs> our creepy little stalker folder mm-hmm. on our phone. The, pers- the person I have on my phone in my background is Azalea Banks. Yeah. Um, and that's what we, that's, that's gay. Like that's I had gay. Sophie as my background and Shelly Duvall as my background. Yeah. So. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay. Um, anything else gay about this movie? I guess I the fact know. that like it plays around with the trans sub subtext a little bit is gay. yeah i mean yeah there's like it whenever you kind of see the world through daniel radcliffe's eyes he sees paul dano in a wig he doesn't see mary elizabeth winstead he sees paul dano as mary elizabeth that's winstead. so true the movie did choose to do that and, and so and yeah. the part where he, i would say this is gay in a light-hearted way mm-hmm. when daniel radcliffe says to a wigged paul dano like you're beautiful and he the look on paul dano's face the acting and he mm-hmm. just goes, he like sheepishly just like looks away and he goes, wait, really? Yeah. I like love that, it. that was, that was a queer moment. That yes. was a queer moment. I just think that the directors weren't on purposely doing that. And I, I don't feel that energy from the I movie. think they meant it as a joke. And I don't think it, I, I think it's Paul not Dino funny. It. It's not funny. It's not funny, Manuel. Like, men should be able to tell men that they're pretty. Yeah. I do it all the funny. time. Yeah. So it's there. But also us getting a little taste of gay and then not getting it as very gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so straight, that, straight baiting or whatever. whatever. Gay baiting. Gay baiting. That's gay what baiting. Yeah, this Nick movie's Jonas gay baiting does. a little bit, and that's, yeah. that's gay. That's gay. 
that's gay that we we read it that way mm-hmm, that that's we're tricked that so we actually that... the gay thing about this movie is that we're gay yeah that's <laughs> that the viewers are gay and if you watch it and you're straight i'd have some bad news for you you're gay now. you're gay now you're gay now i uh i saw this tiktok it was like it was just this uh it was this uh, trans woman that was like if you get a bunch of sophie and pc music tiktoks you're trans and i hope you know that and that's all it was <laughs> And did you think for a second, like, I'm trans? I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. And then I was like, wait, no, I've dressed as a woman and been a woman before. I don't like this. So never mind. I'm something else. We've gone down that. We've, we've crossed that path out. So now we had yeah. to figure out some other options. We've got to find other options, bitch. We've got to figure it out. Just... I'm just going to be straight. I feel, like, I feel like being, like, a converted, like, gay man to straight... Without, of course, all the horrible things to make it happen, but like just mm-hmm. doing it like just for funsies, like that oh yeah, as a, a bit. Because I, like I feel like people are Christian now as a bit. I've noticed. Oh my god, yeah. You notice that? Like every like cool people are like Christian now. Like everyone's like, Catholic now. Yeah, and it's like a bit. All the like red scare be... girlies are Catholic. Right, exactly. I feel like we could be straight as a bit. Like it's like yeah. very like I'm straight now. I'm down. Like Let's I'm gonna stay it. with my partner, but like I like only have sex with women now. Yeah. I mean, upcoming guest uh, Brian Bonnet did send me a text earlier. It's like for April Fool's Day, y'all should do characters of straight men doing Rent. Oh my god! And that I would was be like, really funny. That would be really funny. Like if we <laughs> the were just thing like, is, so, I have seen. Um, have you ever seen Rent before? No. Uh, so no. uh, five hundred twenty-five thousand okay. six hundred minutes. I mean, okay, I have seen Rent. Okay, I like. Okay, my mom really likes it. Okay. It was a Thanksgiving movie. We went it after It kind of ate. became a tradition. And like, I, I, you know, it's got some good music. Look, will I? Simple, but effective. Yeah. And the lesbians are hot. <laughs> oh, they're so fucking hot. There's no one hotter in the world than Idina Menzel. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, I feel like we ripped a, like a, like a tear into the Something, sky. Yeah, there's gonna be a gay people. Oh movie my god! Soon. I think the world is ending right now. <laughs> oh no! I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Well, oh yeah, because you don't live in Austin anymore. There was like a fucking tornado warning in uh, Austin for like ten minutes, like about an hour ago, and then now it's perfect and a little I cloudy. I miss it. I miss it so much. Uh, the weather. I don't. I'm joking. No, Fuck Austin. <laughs> Fuck no, Austin. Oh, God, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait. Or I'll yeah. live here forever. Who cares? When I saw that Joe Rogan bought the Alamo draft house, I was like, I'm so glad I got out of here. Fully. I was like, make that my tomb. I have to. I can't be here anymore. I yeah. cannot. No, ma'am. Speaking of not being here anymore, it's a gay recommendation segment. We're, we're going to recommend the movie that's a little gayer than the one we just watched. Um, I think we've I've definitely suggested this before, but I couldn't think of anything else. I put Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> you have suggested it before. I, I definitely have. Pineapple but it's like Express. a movie. Pineapple Express. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But well, like I brought this, up Pineapple Express to talk about this movie. So, hey, there it's we all go. coming full circle. And look, we can we can recycle. There's not that many gay movies. I feel like, I, feel like, I don't know we've recommended it. No, did, it, did we recommend Spring Breakers? Yes. Oh, damn I it. think literally episode one. Because I was about to say, <laughs> I feel like Spring Breakers is a good gay version of this movie in the sense of like, it's a trashy crude movie that like mm-hmm. people think is garbage but some people think is a masterpiece but yes. it's more on the it's on the gay side of things yeah uh um, yeah i think i don't I, we can definitely we've been around this is episode like 53 i think we can reuse them i don't give a shit i don't give but weekend at bernie's too no that's yeah right. weekend at bernie's too is that the gay one yeah is he like, how dead is he in this? Like, what is the difference? The Weekend of Bernie's 2 is the one where he gets, he's like alive because of a voodoo curse. Ooh, fun. Around. 
Um, okay. No, I can't think of any gay version of this movie that's like a little. I mean, like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I mean, maybe like a John Waters movie, but there's there's not there's, it's missing that transcendental element. Yeah. Hocus yeah, that's, Pocus. <laughs> that's the thing about like like Barbara and Star is that it is it's like real wacky and kind of at some at a lot of parts feels like an improv scene. But at the center of it, there is like heart. Yeah. Huh. Maybe and like it's a, like really maybe musical. like a Maria Bamford stand up would be yeah. like the Watch gay wreck for this. Lady Dynamite, her Netflix series, which yeah. is Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Watch Lady Dynamite. Look yeah, sorry sorry we can't think of a gay specific movie about the farting corpse movie where the fucking main guy is a fucking weird creep pervert. Uh yeah, kinda... gay people have standards, okay? Yeah. Maybe we should just recommend John Waters. Pink Flamingos. Just watch John Waters. Yeah, Pink Flamingos. Go go, baby. Watch uh, Cecil B. Demented. Yeah. What There's was his last movie? Dirt, Dirty Shame? I've or never seen that. Salma Hayek has big titties? Mm-hmm. Or is it Salma? Oh, is it Salma Hayek? No, it's, 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 uh, it's Lin- Linda. Oh, my God. What's her fucking face? Selma Blair. Selma Blair. Selma Blair. There we go. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Who is Selma Blair? Who is? <laughs> and who? Chris Isaac? Like... From Wicked Game? And Johnny okay. Knoxville, right? Yeah, Johnny Knoxville. Uh, Mink Stole, hell yeah. Uh, Tracy Ullman. Remember I think it's Tracy funny Ullman that people like have questioned whether Johnny Knoxville is like a gay legend and like Jackass is homoerotic when he literally did a John Waters movie. Yeah, no, he's 100%. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville knows what he's doing. He's like probably our, he's probably our best ally right next to Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking cute in Jackass Forever. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that. baby. It's, it's good. It's very good. <sighs> All right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Uh, where am I at? Oh, <laughs> I had to go to the note to wrap up the episode. Like, God, this is a seventy trillionth episode of the show we've done. And I already forgot how that ends. <laughs> My name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, on Letterboxd at Garcia, and you can find me, Kirk Van Sickel, on Letterbox, on Twitter, and on Instagram at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. And mm-hmm. remember, we are doing a little contest. Yes. If you rate and review us on either Spotify or Apple Music, you give us five stars and write a little review for us telling us how amazing you think we are. Yeah. You'll get to choose one of our movies in yes. a month or so. Yes. Whenever you, we any decide movie to you want. Thing. Any movie any, you want. Literally I mean, movie. preferably it would be straight because that would fit into what we do here. Uh-huh. But, you know, we'll give, you, you, want, we'll yeah. give you some full reign. Yes, we'll we'll introduce you to the master doc. Um, also, you can follow us on TikTok at uh, and all the socials. We have the same at uh, Straight People Movies, S T R eight P P L Movies. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Yeah, and I gotta say, you know, I'm not just gassing my co-host up, but I will say that uh, the TikToks that he has been posting about the Oscars are very funny. I Thank laughed you. actually out loud at a couple of them and I'm a little intimidated to do one myself now. <laughs> but Thank you. They're one, fun. One day a month from now, I'll, I'll do one a month after the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, whenever the Oscars are over. Because yeah. I am a Taurus moon and it takes me months to complete any task. Look, you can do it for the Tonys because that's when the Tonys will be airing. Oh yeah, you know me, <laughs> big MT girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your big musical girl, especially for shit that came out in the last year. You'll be like, Hamilton? That's it. Yeah, Jagged Little Pill. Jagged Little oh. Gay. Whenever I was in New York, I, I was um, I was playing a festival in New York. I will never stop saying that. I love it. makes me feel so fucking fancy. But I was, I was performing at a festival in New York City. 
in yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, pretty fucking cool. And I was, I was there for like five days, and I was like, do I take the bus to Boston to go watch? I want to do that over because my oven beeped. Do I take the bus to Boston to watch the previews for fucking Jagged Little Pill? I did not. I instead snorted a bunch of Adderall on the Lower East Side, and it was fun. The answer is you should have gone, though, because the show's already shut down. So Fuck. Damn it. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll listen I'll listen to my very expensive Jaggy Little Pillow vinyl now. Cute. I love it. I love Discogs. This Cute. episode is brought to you by Discogs. Discogs, sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. I use your service every day. Well, Anything else? Yeah, that's, I think that's it. it. Bye. Enjoy bye, the rest of your bye, night. Bye. 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 Or morning bye, or day. Bye. 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 See, it's so fun. It's I so much they made fun. a movie with farts. I get it. Five stars. Yeah. Oh. And now came talk. Talk, talk.